Hello and welcome to the Government Technology Insider Podcast. In today's world, the threat of cyber attacks has become a critical part of any discussion about how to make a robust cybersecurity plan. With looming threats from foreign and other unidentified cyber actors, federal organizations today must work to prevent attacks when they are able to and respond to attacks that occur quickly and effectively. Cybersecurity is not a new focus for the federal government, but with bad actors becoming more vicious, the government is taking a hard look at how they protect their most valuable data. That is why today we are speaking with Cameron Sherry, CTO and Vice President of Pre-Sales Engineering at Dell EMC Federal. Cameron's impressive career has largely been focused on providing strategy, execution, leadership, and innovation to the cybersecurity industry. He also speaks with a certain air of authority, as his main purview at Dell is within the civilian government, Department of Defense, and the intelligence community. Cameron, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us today about this topic. I know I am very excited to hear your advice on how to bolster government IT and defense cybersecurity. Kevin, thank you. What an absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, I say that we just jump right in. So, uh, Cameron, if you could, uh, can you give us a brief recap of the current federal cybersecurity environment? Uh, More specifically, can you shed any light on what the federal government has been dealing with in the past year, just with everything from the pandemic to just the, the transition to more remote work? Sure, yeah, what a, what a great opening salvo question. Uh, it's been fascinating. With the pandemic, um, it's really, I'll call it thawed the frozen middle of leadership in the government. And what I mean by that is uh, the pandemic forced a few things that became truisms. I think that none of us wanted to face in any um, altruistic sense, Kevin, to be candid with you pre-pandemic because you know, mission execution was happening. And some of those truisms, to be very clear, are uh, we can safely uh, work from anywhere. Uh, depending on the data classification, the mission you're supporting, obviously, from a, a restricted or classified perspective, um, it does get trickier. There's no question. But I'm happy to report that although it's been a trying environment, and, and let's be very clear, the federal government has seen an extraordinary rise in the number of attacks and cyber attacks, whether they be phishing schemes or just traditional nation state sponsored activities. However, we have demonstrated that um, there is a, a, a reasonable sense of resiliency in the cyber infrastructure for the federal government, Department of Defense and Intelligence community. It still doesn't mean we're not operating without risk. And it still doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of work left to be done. But I'm quite proud of my my civil servant friends and my friends in the Department of Defense that have defended this great enterprise for so long. Um, Look, they've been given legacy tools to fight a modern battle, and they've done a a yeoman's job at doing that. But um, we've proven that we can begin to extend how we work, the way we work, we can do it safely, we can apply the principles of risk management, zero trust, and continue to protect, to me, which is one of the most critical sovereign assets, which is the, the business of our government. Uh, but it's been interesting, right? The, the cybersecurity attacks have been on the rise without question over the last 12 to 14 months. Uh, but the cyber warriors and cyber defenders that are in civil service have done an amazing job while also trying to modernize the infrastructure and get access to new tools and new cyber capabilities that are uh, at a premium in the market today. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, the speed with which people adapted and embraced the digital transformation was truly incredible. 
Um, but you know, I'd like to focus on something that you mentioned in your response, though. So, you know, obviously there there are risks involved with having an entirely digital or a hybrid workforce. Uh, what can you tell us about any new threats that have emerged, you know, in the last year? You know, are there are agencies prepared to take these threats on? Yeah, what a great follow-up question. It's fascinating. What's what's old is new again, Kevin. You know, the as we work from anywhere and we we transition a little bit to this really uh, digitally enabled knowledge worker, right? If you remember many years, we, we gave the knowledge worker the, that moniker because of the, the type of job. It wasn't like a manufacturing job or line worker. There was some um, higher end intellect that was required to help the knowledge worker. Now we have this digitally enabled knowledge worker to be able to work from anywhere. Now, when I say what's old is new again, it's fascinating. Most cyber defenders, cyber warriors understand that the end user at the device and the end user level is the largest attack surface within the enterprise today. So um, the new threats really are the same old threats, just in a new format, because we've now um, decentralized that digitally enabled knowledge worker on where they're working. So as an example, to be to be uh, more clear and not so ethereal, instead of having agency workers or mission workers coming into a centralized building where I can have a protected centralized network, I can check both physical and logical security as the, the person enters the building and the facility, screen them for devices that might be emanating, you know, like smartphones or tablets or USB sticks, those types of things. I didn't have that luxury for the last 12 to 14 months as we've kind of worked from anywhere, let's say from the secret level down, so to speak. Um, but applying the great principles of zero trust, creating a cyber aware workforce uh, about you know the challenges that were, were faced out there, um, you have to give credit to, again, the cyber warriors and defenders, but also just to traditional mission operators that understood, hey, we're operating in an environment that has elevated risk, that maybe before I click on this email that I might not know who that person is or comes from, maybe I'm gonna get my security department to take a look at those links to determine if it's a phishing attempt. So I think that, you know, I really commend the government creating this culture of cyber awareness so that as these threats have emerged on the largest attack surface being the end user community, um, the, the agencies have done a great job creating this awareness about cyber and how to operate more securely as an individual mission user. I also think that um, both the prior administration and this administration has really come out of the gates quite strong in their support of a better cyber posture as a nation. If I look at the current executive order, that the Biden administration has released. There's some really great uh, nuggets in there. I know that it it's certainly been mixed with uh, mixed reviews because a lot of people, they were saying, well, how am I gonna develop a plan in 31 days for a zero trust strategy? But what I like about the executive order is it creates inertia, right? Yes, we still have to have good critical thinking to ensure that we're walking through the cyber architectures that we're going to change to better protect agency infrastructure and better protect that digitally enabled knowledge worker. However, what's great about the executive order is it sets KPIs, it sets metrics, and it sets some very clear 
uh, outcomes, prescriptive outcomes it's seeking to try and drive uh, further enhancing that, that cyber aware uh, community, whether it be, you know, again, the knowledge worker or the cyber defender. Right, and obviously that education of both those groups has been a critical component of almost every cybersecurity plan for, for quite some time. But you mentioned that you know this administration and the previous one really tried to focus on cybersecurity, and as you say, uh, the most recent executive order really lit the fire under the feet of many agencies, specifically giving them a fixed deadline to have some documentable progress. So what I'd like to know, you know, from your perspective, is what are these agencies currently doing to meet those stipulations and, you know, combat cyber threats? You know, I guess as an additional follow-up to that question, you know, is there any more that can be done from, from your perspective? Yeah, really, really good question. So it always comes back to key principles for me when I'm, I'm operating in some sort of digital format or enterprise. And it's always the key principles are always people, process, and technology. And I think the agencies are beginning to acknowledge that um, very robustly. So I focused on the people piece initially, right? Creating cyber aware workforce and operators. Then it's about process at that point. And process really begins to become underpinned by this zero trust strategy that we're hearing a lot about today, which has some great pillars and principles associated with it. Now it's emerging, right? There's still some healthy, positive tension in the debate around it. But when you look at those principles or those pillars, it's about device trust, right? Do I have a device come on the network that I know I have zero trust in so that I can be able to do things like authenticate the device, the device management, inventory, et cetera. Then it's about user trust. And we, we touched a little bit about user trust. Then it's about the network trust, which we refer to as either transport or session. Then it's about giving access to applications, application trust, data trust, and then most importantly, that continued ability to get insight into all the data we're collecting from a cybersecurity perspective. So it's visibility and analytics and then automation and orchestration in order to get the scale. So when we think of those seven, you know, kind of five pillars, but seven principles to zero trust, that really starts to focus on our process and our technology piece all at the same time. I'm very excited about in, in this modern age, even though cyber can be a very tricky conversation to be excited because people sometimes say, hey, are you crazy? Well, no, I mean, it's, it's an exciting thing to be able to protect the government from these types of adversarial events and see people move forward and being able to innovate is very exciting. Cameron and I continued discussing some of the many ways that federal IT and defense agencies can continue to prepare for the future of cybersecurity. But to hear his other recommendations, you're going to have to tune in next time, because that is where we are going to leave it for today. Please go to Government Technology Insider to learn more about how the latest technology is influencing, impacting, and improving the ability for government to get work done. I'm Kevin Tierney, and until we talk again, so long.